TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The game back with you, the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios Wednesday night with you. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck Rose gets first request. We said it was Pebble's birthday earlier today. The former Mrs. Otis Nixon and the uh, woman who built TLC out of a lot of their scratch old. Pebble's little Mercedes boy. This was, I, I love this jam. Like, I just love the sound and the feel and... And all that. She had some good hits. Yeah, it had that uh, whole, for me, it had that vibe of uh, all the music around. That uh, what was the Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. It kind of had that sound. Well, you started getting, you, you, this gets you going into New Jack Swing yeah. era of music. Yeah, definitely does. Late 80s yep. into early 90s. Yeah. You're starting to get into that New Jack Swing yeah. kind of feel of music. And yep. that's that's what this was. But, you know, she had, oh, God, what was the first, um, what was the first song that she had before? This was the second song. Oh, this God. was the main one I remember. Oh gosh, she had another big hit even before um, this. Um, Girlfriend. Remember oh yeah, 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 Girlfriend. yeah. Girlfriend. Yep. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, I forgot later about on, that she one. I had the, giving you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, look, I thought she was very talented, and you know, even before she built TLC out of all their money and <laughs> everything, that was a pretty wild documentary. Not documentary, the, but the, the VH1 yeah, was it VH1? Yeah, I think, I think it was, was VH1. VH1 yeah, yeah, when they were doing all those. You know, they had a whole bunch of those, like, yeah. you know, the behind-the-scenes story of, yeah. you know, with the actors and everything. But it was uh, it was interesting. I yep. mean, you know, again, you never know how much of that stuff is, is actually true or whatever, but I can see all that. Yeah, so, definitely. I, I mean, you know, it, it's a cutthroat business in, in the music world. Yeah. All right, 404 That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps how you catch us when... You're on the go. Social media is at 92 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I, of course, am at JMCH316. Let's get to an NFL squib kick. Taking a look at the NFL with the squib kick with John Chuckery. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sad news uh, in the NFL. Um, one of the great all-time players. Um, I think he is first team all AFL, so of the of the all-time AFL team, Len Dawson uh, died earlier today. He w- he had literally just gotten checked into a hospice here recently. He had been fading pretty quickly. Super nice guy. I met him one time at a, at a event at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But 
He's from Alliance, Ohio. He's from the same county that I'm from. I'm from Canton, Ohio. He's from Alliance, Ohio. Both of those are in Stark County, Ohio. Um, a lot of people have heard of Mount Union College. Mount Union College is in Alliance, Ohio. So I remember as a high schooler playing basketball, they had a big picture of him and a write-up and a whole little monument and stuff like that set up for Len Dawson at the Alliance High School. Um, but one of the great players of all time, obviously, he had one of the most famous pictures in sports history too. That picture of him sitting on a metal folding chair at halftime of the first Super Bowl, drinking a Fresca and smoking a cancer stick is tremendous. One of the great pictures of all time. R.I.P. to Len Dawson, one of the great players and uh, great ambassadors of football. And by the way, that Inside the NFL show with him and Nick Bonacani that was on, was that on HBO, I believe is what it was? Yeah, I think that was HBO, yeah. yeah. What a great show. That was a, that was ahead of its time, right? Before you had 90 million pundits and all these other goofball shows and everything like that, Inside the NFL each week with Nick Bonacani and Len Dawson uh, it was such a great show. That was that was one of the must-watch NFL programs growing up uh, as well. So RIP to, uh, to Len Dawson and the guy from, from the same county that I am uh, from. Um, Jameis Winston says he wants to play in this final game. Now, obviously, he's been battling some injuries. He's not uh, played either in, the, uh, in either of the first two preseason games. But uh, speaking today, he says that the, um, uh, he's getting better every single day, the right foot sprain that has kept him out of these couple of games. Um, he said, quote, it felt good yesterday. This was talking earlier today. Quote, it felt good yesterday. I could run a little bit more and move around a little bit more because that's part of my game. But he says that um, uh, it's not a major setback, but he wants to try to get into some action uh, over the weekend in their final preseason game. They um, uh, says here that he was doing some work at joint practices last week with the Green Bay Packers and this, that, and the other, but he's hoping Friday night that he can play in their final preseason game. So uh, obviously he's going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints out there. So we'll see what happens. But Winston trying to get himself back on the road uh, to recovery. Tua says that everything is uh, different this year. Speaking about the Dolphins and the offense and everything like that earlier today, when asked about what is different, quote, everything, everything. The offense is different. The confidence that the guys have coming out to practice is different. The confidence that the guys have coming into the building is different. The way we do things around the building is different. Just everything. I can't necessarily point to one thing, and I think that's what's going to help us make a better team and spending more time with each other, not just in the building, but outside of the building. And we'll see where this thing goes for us. You know, they're another one of those very interesting teams, right? You know, the, the they ended on, I'm trying to remember what it was. They they had a long winning streak as they were, as they had wrapped up the, uh, the season. Uh, let me go back to, you know, their... Uh, let me go back to their because I'm trying to see what their what their run was. I, w- I want to say that they had the one, Dolphins two, at three. the end, right? Yeah, yeah it one, was two, like three, four. four, five, six. They had seven wins in a row. Seven out of and they had eight out of nine that they won. Um, they lost to Tennessee in the second to last week of the season, then beat New England. So five, six, seven. Yeah, they won eight of their last nine. And remember, the Falcons beat them earlier in the year, but they won eight of their last nine games. And they were one of the surprises of the NFL last year. And obviously, you know, we're kind of getting at a point where two is either going to be one of those dudes or he's not going to be one of those dudes, right? 
and he had a very interesting, you know, season. Look, he doesn't have to worry about the Deshaun Watson rumors anymore. Obviously, the Dolphins were hot and heavy, and they really, they really wanted Deshaun Watson. There was always that talk about, you know, would Tua be traded for Watson, or would they trade to get Deshaun Watson in there, and this, that, and the other. Dolphins have their own problems, right, with the former coach and uh, the talk about tanking and and all those kinds of things. They got plenty to worry about down there, but. The Dolphins could be another one of those interesting teams in the AFC. That's a loaded conference. Are they better than Kansas City and San Diego and Indy and a lot of these other teams, Cincinnati and all that? Probably not. But they are certainly uh, an interesting team in the AFC, and maybe they can win that division with New England and Buffalo. I don't know. I mean, I think Buffalo's Buffalo maybe power ranks as what? The number one or two team in the AFC this year. Um, they're loaded for Bear and obviously bringing Vaughn Miller in and doing all the things that they did this year. So uh, the AFC is going to be loaded. We play a lot of those teams, too. Whew. Anyway, we'll see how we look against the, all of them. Um, also, too, um, Junior Gallette, remember him? Played uh, for a little while with the, uh, with the Saints, right? Um, he has filed a lawsuit, and it says here, I'll read this here, former NFL defensive end Junior Gallette, has from time to time on social media complained about how he's been blackballed from pro pro football. He filed a 21-page lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida. He Gillette sued the league, the NFLPA, Commissioner Roger Goodell, several teams, which includes the Seahawks, Rams, Raiders, Browns, Chiefs, Panthers, and Commanders. He's representing himself, by the way, in all of this. The complaint specifically contends that Junior Gallette has been blackballed, quote, just like Colin Kaepernick and put on the blacklist by the NFL owners, which he has in all caps here, for speaking out about alleged racial discrimination committed against him by the commanders. Junior Gallette's allegation of discrimination focuses on the disparity in the contract given to Trent Murphy and the deal he was offered in 2018. He alleged that based on the offer he received, he posted on Snapchat, quote, I swear to God, I'm not playing. I'll say this. I'll say this exactly as he as he put it on his Snapchat. I swear to God, I'm not playing for no slave deals. I'll die before I play for more slave deals. (sighs) He alleges that after making that statement on social media, he was unable to land an acceptable job with another NFL team. Now, remember, he went from like 12 sacks in a year and missed like two or three years, right? Anyway, um, he visited with the Raiders where Gruden told him that he was one of the best pass rushers I've ever seen and um, all he offered him was a veteran minimum. Again, why would a team overspend for a guy that was out of the league and this, that, and the other? I mean, again... So he got offered veteran minimum of 660000 Why would you not take that to get back in the league and go earn your money? I mean, guys do show me deals all the time in, in sports. All the time in sports. But, again, see, that's the thing. How can you be blackballed if somebody offers you a contract, but you don't take the contract? Does that make any sense? I, I'm, I'm blackballed from the league because I've turned down contracts. Huh? What? Um, Sean McVay supposedly told him, too, um, 
that he wanted him on the Rams, but he offered him a veteran minimum as well. So how are you blackballed from the league if multiple teams are offering you a deal? It may not be what you want, but understand that you could take the 660000 which isn't chump change, get back in the league, prove yourself after a year, and then go cash in. That's not getting blackballed in the NFL. I don't understand. Turning down contracts, you know, look, let's be honest. Nobody wanted to sign Kaepernick. That's different. This guy got multiple contract offers that he turned down. How's that blackballed? It's not. That makes no sense. Make it make sense. He's blackballed from the league because he turned down contracts. Guess how much he wants in damages. $300 million in total is what he's asking for. Yeah, he's not getting that. No. He's not I'm not giving him 30 bucks. N- not when not when he's been offered an opportunity to right. play. Multiple offers. To, to play for the Commanders, to play for the Rams. Just because you don't like the offer does not mean you're blackballed. It just means you don't like the offer, so they're going to move on. And he's going to represent himself in court, by the well, way, Well, that's too. a sign right there. Yeah, that he's crazy. That he's got crazy train. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it's a sign, all right. It says crazy crossing right here. Crazy train crossing. That's what the sign says. It's got the picture of the caboose, you know, and a sign with the X crazy train crossing (laughs) here. Ay, yeah, 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 man. People are just, you know, again, I, I, somebody probably should explain to him what the term blackballed means. That if you turn down multiple contract offers to play in the league, the league, because here's what happens, right? If you turn down multiple offers to play, nobody's giving you more money to make you a bigger offer. If you've turned down two offers at vet minimum to come back in and play, nobody's going to go, well, you know what? I know he turned down those two offers. Let's offer him a million dollars. Like, that doesn't happen in the world. Not when you haven't been playing. Right. Nobody's going to offer you more money after you turn down offers to play as it is. Ay, 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 ay. All right, 36 games to go for the Braves. What can they do over it? We'll talk about it next. Chuck in the Key Studios. Sports right now, the GameOdyssey.com app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Sports Radio, not telling the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Live in the Key Studios Wednesday night with you. Brown, looking music out, rolling right along here. Hey, uh, dive in the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rulebook with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. This week, trash talk. We do plenty of that around here. Download Unwritten for free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media, 9 the game, at JMCH316 on Twitter. Don't forget, we will have a show tomorrow, but I'm going to be live from Top Golf in Midtown for the um, Forget Alzheimer's event. Uh, Daughters Against Alzheimer's putting on an event there. Andrew Jones and a whole bunch of other athletes and celebrities are going to be there. Uh, you can get tickets at topgolf.com. It is open to the public, but you have to buy a ticket to be a part uh, of the event, and they're going to have raffles and uh, what's those things, silent auctions, is that what they call them, um, all that kind of stuff that's out there. So we'll be out there having a good time. I'm looking forward to this. Um, I got the guest list of who's going to be there, so very cool stuff. We'll have a whole crap ton of interviews. So uh, I like those shows where I don't have to do a lot of prep. Not that I do a lot of prep anyway, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, it's, you know, I like to have those shows where I don't have to kill myself. Who's producing tomorrow? I, I, I guess Dylan. Who? Dylan. Who? Dylan. <laughs> Who? He still work here? Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. He's with you, Ma. Okay. I'm actually double, like, almost dang near double duty. I got to be right back here at 5. Oh, that's in right. The morning. Yeah, you'll be yeah. doing the morning show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because on days that you don't work with me, you're I'm doing the morning show them. now. Because they had um, they had Josh Hartnett, I think, doing the, uh, doing the yeah. morning show this week while you were yeah. working with me. So uh, who's producing me tomorrow? Dylan. Who? Dylan. Who? <laughs> that guy. Who? <laughs> Marshall? Is he coming back? Anyway. I'm sure we'll be getting a text from him. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, listen. I mean, again, he's he's around here less than Sean is nowadays. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, the Braves. 36 games left in this regular season. How crazy is that? 36 games know, that are left. Man, that is that is crazy. I know. I mean, we are quickly wrapping up this season. So the Braves with their win today, if you didn't see earlier, they absolutely gobsmacked the low life, dirtbag, scuzzbag, flea bag, pawn scum, sludge. What did we say earlier? That, you know, some of those teams like uh, you know, you, you get the dog poop in the crevices yeah. of your brand new work boots, and you got to get like that Phillips head screwdriver yeah, and plop out. that stuff yeah. out. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates. What a disgraceful franchise they are. And the Braves went in there. Matt Olson hit a ball somewhere between 500 and 8,000 feet. He hit it. I don't know. He hit it. They said in a river, but I think he hit it in the ocean is where he hit it. Um, they clobbered the, the, uh, by the way, how'd Kirby Yates pitch today? How'd he do? Oh, not so good. Oh, okay. Anyway, 14 to two, they clobbered the pirates uh, today. So now they're 30 games above 500 as the pirates went to 30 games below 500. So 36 games left. When you look at the schedule, they're going to head to St. Louis. So they will start that series on Friday 
Not tomorrow. They got a day off tomorrow. But Friday they start in St. Louis, home with Colorado, um, home with Miami, at Oakland, at Seattle, at San Francisco, home for Philly, home for Washington, at Philly, at Washington, home with the Mets, and then three to finish up the year against the scuzzbag, low-life, fleabag Miami Marlins that they'll have left when all is uh, said and done. What can the Braves realistically go? I went through earlier, and I kind of put what I think win totals on on many of these series. I think it's realistic. Right now, the Braves at 30 games above 500 have a 619 winning percentage. Could they go 25-11 and 11 down the stretch? Could they find a way to go 25-11 and 11 in this last 36 games? That'd be a 694 winning percentage. So you're talking about winning almost 70% of your games. Now, some people may think that that's too low. When I look at these series coming up, I think the I think the series that could be losses, and I'm not saying they will be, but what has the potential? St. Louis. St. Louis is five and a half games up now on Milwaukee. Now they're a two hitter lineup, but they have arguably the MVP and another top five candidate in the middle of their lineup. There, that could be an interesting series. At Seattle, Seattle's played really well, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. Um, the Philadelphia series, especially in Philly, is going to be interesting because I was telling Day Day, did you see Bryce Harper last night hit two homers against the Stripers? Mm-hmm. Guess what he did tonight? He hit the, he hit the walk-off home run tonight. Yeah. yeah. So he's looking to get back and give them a boost and a shot in the arm. Give the Phillies credit for hanging in there without Bryce Harper. But that's going to be an interesting series. You would figure by end of September he should be back in the fold and in the mix. So that's going to be an interesting four-game set in Philadelphia. Then obviously here with the Mets. But the rest of these series, the scuzzbag Colorado Rockies, they suck. The low-life, dreadful Miami Marlins, they suck. The pawn scum, sludge-filled gutters of the Oakland A's, they suck. San Francisco, they ain't nothing special. The god-awful, god-forsaken, pawn scum, fleabag, dirtbag, scuzzbucket Washington Nationals, they ain't nothing. So really, you know, I think that there are four interesting series. At St. Louis, at Seattle, at Philadelphia, home with the Mets. Otherwise, they can roll through those teams. They finished 7-0 and against the Pirates. They could, in this last 36 games, I fully anticipate that they could go 6-0 and against the Marlins. They'll beat the god-awful, pawn-scum, sludge-of-the-universe Oakland A's. What a dreadful franchise. There are so many bad baseball teams. There are so many teams. Don't you think baseball would be better if some of these teams contracted Remember when they wanted to contract the Minnesota Twins? Mm-hmm. Why don't they start contracting some of these franchises? Because Oakland can't figure out if they want to stay there. They want a new stadium, this, that, and the other. Miami doesn't want to be where they are. Tampa doesn't want to be where they are. Why don't they start contracting some of these franchises and make baseball better? I know they would never do that and the money and everything like that. But how much better would baseball be if you could contract about 10 teams? Like, What's the point of the Pirates at this point? What, what's the point of having the Pittsburgh Pirates? They have a beautiful stadium. It's a great city, great location. They have massive baseball heritage, massive. 
They're one of the most successful National League teams in history. And today and for the last 20 years, they're the ultimate scuzz bucket, bottom of the barrel, you know, just, you know, those little maggots that get down in the trash can, right? The, you know, when, you, when the trash bag leaks down in the bottom of the, of the plastic trash can, right, and like some food spills out or whatever like that, and after sitting in the 180-degree sun for a few days because you didn't bring the trash can back in and you open it up and you got those little white maggots down on the bottom, that's the Oakland A's. That's the Washington Nationals. That's the Miami Marlins. Those little white maggot things that are in your trash can after some food is rotted and spoiled and stunk up and leaked down into your plastic trash can. That's the Nationals in Oakland and Colorado and these teams, those white maggots. And you got to spray them and you got to wash out your trash can, right? You got to take the hose and, and squirt them all and spray them down and wash it all out. That's the Nationals and the Rockies and Oakland and Miami and all these scuzz bucket teams, Pittsburgh, all of them. So I think 25 and 11 is very doable because I think the Braves have their foot on the gas pedal now. And now the lead is down to one and a half. Are the Mets going to met? I don't know. I know everybody keeps thinking that that's going to happen. No, I don't think they will this time. Here's, here's what the Mets have left, by the way, in comparison, okay? They start a series at home against the Scuzzbag Rockies, but they have the Dodgers coming into their place for a three-game set. Then it's the low-life Dirtbag Nationals. Then they go to Pittsburgh to play the Scuzzbucket Pirates for three. Then three in god-awful, maggot-infested Miami. Home with the dreadful low-life Cubs. Home for four with the Scuzzbucket Pirates at Milwaukee, at Oakland, home with Miami, at Atlanta, and then they finish the year with three against the pawn scum, dirtbag, fleabag, maggot-infested Washington Nationals. So, you know, again, the Dodgers series is a landmine. The Braves series is a landmine. In Milwaukee's a landmine. That's it. That's it. The rest of those series that they have are all scuzzbucket teams. Fleabag, dirtbag, lowlifes is what they are. The maggots, the, the poop in your the poop in your brand new work boots that you gotta get the Phillips head screwdriver when you stepped in a pile of dog crap with your brand new shoes and it you start swearing and you gotta get that Phillips head and start getting in the grooves and the gunk of your of your brand new shoes and work boots, right? And clean all that stuff out. That's the Pirates and the Cubs and the Rockies and the Nationals and all that. So, look, neither team has exactly, you know, murderer's row when it comes to what their schedule is. So I definitely think that 25 – I think if you go 25 and 11, you're winning the division and probably by a handful of games. I, I, think, I think if you get 25 and 11, there's no reason not to be around almost 70% winning the games that they have left out there, right? I mean, again – 
the, the Mets are the best team you're going to play the rest of the way. The Cardinals are a division leader. Let me see. I'm trying to remember if um, where the uh, where the um, um, Mariners are right now. Mariners are second. They're ten games above 500, but they're ten games above 500. But they're a dozen games out of the division lead. A dozen. They're ten games above 500, and they're 12 out because of the Astros. That's how good the Astros have been this year. And by the way, after the Braves beat up the Astros, they've won. They're back to winning again. They've won two in a row of late. What Verlander pitched? Verlander pitched today. He was it today or yesterday that Verlander pitched, and he was uh, he was ridiculous. Um, yeah, he pitched today, I believe, because they uh, no, actually they're they're playing right now. Maybe that was yesterday that he that he pitched. I think it was yesterday that he that he pitched out there. Let me see Tuesday, right? Yesterday was Tuesday, and it was yes, it was Verlander. By the way, you know what Verlander's record in ERA is? 16 and 3 with a buck 87 ERA. Is that good? Yeah, so, that's great. So the Mets and the Braves just don't have a whole lot left out of all of it. So if you can get 26 and 11, which I think is very doable for the Braves, I think you're in great shape. And I think you win the, the division by a handful of games. And I'm not even sure at 26 and 11, I'm not even sure that it comes down to whether or not you can beat the Mets in that series. Because I, I picked the Braves to go two and one in that series against the Mets when you play them here at Truist Park, to you know second second to last series of the year before you go down to Miami and wrap up the year. All right, when we come back, uh, we're headed to the top of the other JR Sports Brief. Um, I came across an article: the best matches of the Attitude Era. Dayday and I are going to discuss all that next. Chuck Green, the Key Studio, Sports Right Now, the Game Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back with you at the John Chuckery Show. Brown like a music guy, rolling right along. At the top of the hour, JR Sports Brief will be coming up after that. Don't forget, tomorrow, going to be out at Top Golf in Midtown, right around the corner here. A uh, special event uh, going on. You can get tickets to it. Uh, check out their website, topgolf.com. Come out and be a part of the festivities for a very good cause. Uh, you know, trying to help folks with Alzheimer's and uh, the Alzheimer's Foundation. And uh, the, the I think it's the, the, what is it, the Sisters for... Alzheimer's, but uh, a really cool event, and I'll be out there broadcasting the show tomorrow night. Who's producing the show? <laughs> Dylan. Who? <laughs> Dylan. Huh? <laughs> anyway. All right. Day Day. Yes, sir. I told you I found this article. Right. Now, I have not looked at this list, by the okay. way. Okay. But it is the 10 best matches of WWE's Attitude Era. Okay. This according to Dave Meltzer. You know who Dave Meltzer is? Yes. The Wrestling Observer yes. editor, he's yes. the, the the newsletter guy and all that stuff. We've yes. had Dave on the show before. But so I have not seen this and you and I were talking the other night about when we think the attitude era started. Right. And I've said that I think the attitude for my money, for me personally, the attitude era started at WrestleMania 13 with Bret and Austin 
in that famous submission match, and mm-hmm. Ken Shamrock makes his debut. Austin bleeds out. He doesn't quit. He doesn't submit. Right. He do, he, but he does pass out and, and all that, and it's the best double turn in history. Right. So this is what he's got. Um, number 10, Kurt Angle versus Steve Austin at SummerSlam 01. Now, if you remember, um, that was when they were still in the – Middle of that. Remember when they had the invasion angle mm-hmm. in 01 and all that? Yeah. They had the invasion angle. Well, this would have been during that point. I remember this match in, at SummerSlam because they Austin had, had been a part of the invasion angle and all that kind of stuff. He came back for Team WWF. And then remember, he turns his back on them and all that. Then right. it leads to a series of matches. And I think that... I want to say it was um, Survivor Series that year of 01 that they settled everything yeah. and, and the end of the invasion angle. And when I say the invasion angle, remember that was WCW and ECW, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any of the big stars. Yeah, that, That's why they had to kind of settle for, for what they had. But that was a hell of a match. That was a world championship uh, match. Austin was the... Um, um, Austin was the champion, and he and he lost by disqualification. Because that's when W... When, uh, what's his name? The referee from uh WCW uh cuz remember I, something happened and what's his name what was the 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 blonde head ref from WCW well, he this... comes in and, and 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 he's the one that disqualified Austin for putting his hand on him for putting his hand on an official I'm trying to remember because I thought Earl Hebner did that match but maybe it was Charles Robinson Charles Robinson's the guy you're thinking of Yes but it I I remember that this was a really good match um those guys actually had some really good matches together, Angle and Austin. So that comes in at number 10. Um, SummerSlam of 2000. I remember this one. Christian and Edge versus the Hardy Boys uh, versus the Dudley Boys. Yes. Now, yes, this, is, yes, this yes, of yes. course, is the very first ever TLC match. Mm, the very table, first time chairs, it was yep. tables, ladders, and chairs. This match was ridiculous. Like, this was... The ultimate just and, – and they ran that gauntlet of some of those matches, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they did some crazy matches. But this was the first ever TLC match, and Edge and Christian won that match. Hard to believe that that was back in 2000, but that was a crazy match. Um, I remember this one too. Triple H and Cactus Jack. Yes. This was the street fight between those two. They just showed this the other week when they had that – a&E rivals uh, on with Mick Foley and Triple H uh, out there. Um, they brought out all the weapons. Like, this was crazy. Um, Triple H was the champ. He, he won the match. But Royal Rumble 2000, those guys had one hell of a match. Mm-hmm. No way out in 2000, Triple H versus Cactus Jack. This was the Hell in a Cell one that they did, yeah. which this thing was – and you know when we talked the other day, I forgot that Nick Mick Foley reverted to Cactus Jack for the during yes. the Attitude Era because yes. that was his you know man uh, at the time Mick Mankind, Foley would, yeah. yeah he was too yes. friendly of a guy and I forgot who pushed him over the edge and well, he came he, back he brought Cactus Jack back at Madison Square Garden yeah. against Triple H yes and and when they got in that feud because this this is another one of those matches where remember he went. He went through the top of the cage again in this match and landed flat on his back Mm -hmm. in the friggin' ring. Mm 
Um, that, that, that was a crazy match. Like, that, there's another bunch of crazy bumps that those two guys took in that match. But Foley went through the friggin' top of the cage again yes. out there. All right, number six, <laughs> Undertaker versus Mankind. This is the most famous match, I think, in WWE history. King of the Ring, 1998. This is from Pittsburgh. That's the famous match where Foley gets thrown off the cage, mm-hmm. onto the announcer's the table, table yep. through the ring and everything. Yeah, off the, yeah. You know, here's the thing. And they said Meltzer gave this thing four and a half stars. The only reason it gets a good rating is because of the spectacle of it. As a match, it's awful. It's the most ridiculous mm-hmm. thing ever. Yeah. Because it wasn't a – the Undertaker had a broken ankle going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Foley, uh, you know, again, the thumbtacks, the coming off the cage, Terry Funk, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting choke slammed. Uh, there were so many crazy things. But that match is – the biggest spectacle I've ever seen in my lifetime in wrestling. Yeah. I remember watching that pay-per-view. That was from Pittsburgh is where that pay-per-view was. Yep. King of the Ring 98. And it was the that was the second ever Hell in a Cell match because yeah. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels had the first one at, at In Your House yep. uh, in 97, the debut of Kane. But this thing was the biggest spectacle of all time. And if you go back and watch it, it's, it's, a, it's not a good match, but it is a complete spectacle. Yeah. Um, number five, Austin in the Rock at WrestleMania 17. Okay. Now, this is the match that killed the business. This is the match where Steve Austin turned heel and shook oh, hands yeah, with Vince yeah, McMahon. Oh, yeah, 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 this was at the, yeah. This was the yeah. final event ever, if you remember. Yep. This was the last event ever at the Astrodome in Houston. Mm-hmm. That's where WrestleMania 17 was at the Astrodome in Houston. It was the final yep. event that they ever had in that stadium. And this is the match where – and the match itself was really good, but the ending was awful, and it mm. killed the business. Yeah. It, it, the WWE took a significant hit financially after that because nobody wanted to see Austin and McMahon together. partner up yeah. and together and everything, yeah. and that's what happened. That and, and everybody says that's the match that killed the business. Yeah. That's the match that, that killed the business uh, out there. Um, Austin and Triple H at n- number four. Austin and Triple H at No Way Out um, 2001. Now, I remember this match because, if you remember, this was what was called the Three Stages of Hell match. They they had a regular wrestling match in the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one was a street fight. And then the third one was inside a cage. And I remember this, that it, that, was a, that was a crazy, crazy match. And... Triple H ended up winning the title out of all of it. But I remember this match uh, because of the three stages of hell match that they went in, with the final one being inside the cage. Mm -hmm. Um, Also at WrestleMania 17, and this was a spectacle too. Um, Although I I will say I think the WrestleMania, I want to say 16 match was even better. But Christian and Edge versus the Dudleys and the Hardys at WrestleMania 17. Um this was not an actual TLC match, but this is this again is one of the most ridiculous spectacles. They they went through that scene. like I I still think that the WrestleMania 16, which was um, uh, I think it, in the year 2000 at WrestleMania 2000 mm-hmm. is what they called it. Yep. Um, that I think is the best match that those three teams had with one another. But this was the follow up at WrestleMania 17. And this thing was ridiculous. 
Number because they, they did a two before they did that one, right? Didn't they do a TLC two before they did that I match? I think that they did. I mean, they they had so many of those matches yeah. that that I mean, it just it was it was ridiculous. You know what? Is WrestleMania? I think WrestleMania seventeen is the one where Christian comes off the top of the ladder with the spear, where where he, yes, where he sets yes, up the other yeah, ladder and he yeah, spears yeah. one of the Hardy Boys yes. off the top of the ladder. Yes, um, that was crazy. Number two, and this is. My favorite Hell in a Cell match. This is the very first Hell in a Cell. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker Undertaker, at In Your House Bad Mm -hmm. Blood. This is the debut of Kane. This is the first ever Hell in a Cell. This match is a clinic with how good it is. This is the Mm -hmm. ultimate Hell in a Cell match. Shawn did the one crazy bump off the side of the cage into the announcer table. But these two guys, this is as good a wrestling match as you could ever watch. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. The Undertaker is incredible. Shawn Michaels' selling is incredible. The whole Kane thing was okay. You know, he rips the door off the cage and all yeah. that. But the match itself is is say magnifique. I think that was one of Shawn Michaels' one of his fun, you know oh, his yeah. last no doubt. like really good performance because that's yeah. one thing about Shawn Michaels like he wasn't the biggest guy. But he knew how to perform in that Absolutely. ring, and that's what people don't yeah, understand. And, like, and, and they they did that match at at because that was in I think it was November of of ninety seven mm-hmm. when that match went on, and then they would meet again at Royal at Royal Rumble. They right. had the casket match. That's where Sean hurts Shawn, his back. He, yep, that's what. Yep. And he would at, at WrestleMania fourteen. He gave the title to Austin, and mm-hmm. then he retired for yep. the next four years. And then number one, and this is no surprise, and I we talked about this match the other night. Austin versus Hart at WrestleMania uh, yeah. 13. Yeah. Um, that, again, I will say, for my money, that is my favorite match, but I think it's the best match in the history of WWF. Yeah. I think it's one of the most – I think it's the I, – I put it as the second most important match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what match do you think is more important? If I said that WrestleMania 13 match is number two, what's the most important match? Uh of all time in WWF. Of all time? Yeah, the, the most, most important, important match? Yes. From a business standpoint, the, what's the most important? I'd say probably Andre the Giant Hogan. At WrestleMania 3. Yeah. That's the most yep. important match ever done yep. in the modern in the modern world of wrestling mm-hmm. because 90,000 people at the Pontiac yep. Silverdome, it, it put wrestling on the nationwide map, and yeah. that was... That was Vince's crowning achievement, that main event. It's not a great match. It's an awful match. Right. But Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania three, the buildup and, and everything, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So there you go. That's the top ten. When we get back, wrap things up with the Love TKO, Chuck Green, the Key Studio, Sports Radio, the Game, Odyssey.com app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 